This is a Village Soundcast Network original production. Hi, it's Hal Johnson. And Joanne McLeod from Body Break. You're listening to Icebreakers, the 2017 Ice Awards podcast, celebrating the best of Atlantic Canadian creativity. We'll be your co-hosts for the Ice Awards this year. But now I'd like to introduce the hosts of this show, Sean King, partner and chief creative officer from Arrivals and Departures, and Tyler McLeod, VP, Client Services at M5. Enjoy the show and listen for us when we'll be guests on Episode 6. Until then, keep fit and have fun. Welcome to Icebreakers, a six-episode podcast series celebrating creativity in Atlantic Canada. We're your hosts. I'm Sean King. And I'm Tyler McLeod in partnership with the Village Soundcast Network. 2017 Ice Awards are Thursday, June 8th at the Marriott Harbour Front Hotel. You can get your tickets at icewards.ca. So welcome to episode four of Icebreakers. And today's guest we're pretty excited to have in. This is Mr. Mike Savage, the mayor of Halifax. And Mike, first of all, thanks for coming in. That's pretty awesome. Um, I have a funny question. Is is there like a, a legitimate title that I'm like, how am I supposed to address the mayor of, of, of the city? Okay. So can I tell the story? Please. So the mayor of Halifax is traditionally called your worship. Right. Um, which means that if you're in a room with the Prime Minister, the Premier, they say, Mr. Premier, Mr. Prime Minister, and Your Worship. It's a little anachronistic. Uh So when I get elected, I said, don't call me Your Worship, just call me Mayor Savage. But about a year and a half after that, I was invited over to Belfast, where I was born, Mm -hmm. to do a conference. And I was introduced as the Right Honorable the Lord Mayor of Halifax. Wow. I thought, you know what? That's kind of humble. I can live with that. Yeah. <laughs> Forget your worship. The Right Honorable the Lord Mayor. Right I'd like that. Right Honorable Lord Mayor. Okay, yeah. well, now we got to redo our intro. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. I really didn't know that. I, mm. I've always wondered, like, what are you supposed to say? That's, that's kind of nuts. So, look, we wanted to have you in as a guest. Um, I've met you a couple of times. I've, I've been in your office. I admittedly have never done that with the mayor of my city before. And there's something about the way that you conduct yourself. There's something about the way you seem to, to do business that was interesting for us when we were thinking about applying creativity to what we do. Seems very common. Right? It does seem common, yeah. Um, so before I dig in on that, I almost forgot this question. I've been asking this question to a few people when they, when they come in. And, you know, when you go to a, a meeting, yeah. and there's a typical thing people do in the meetings, Everyone goes around the table, they introduce themselves, and they tell people what they do. So when it gets to you, first of all, do you even have to introduce yourself? And it, sure. And, and so what sure. Do you, when it gets to you, how do you, what's that sound like? How do I describe the job? Yeah. This is like when you say, mayor? this what is it what mean I to be do. Mayor? Yeah. Well, this is what it means to be mayor. On any given day, you might have a thousand files swirling around on your desk and in your head. Maybe affects 10,000 people. But 100,000 people think they're affected. And 400,000 people think the mayor can fix it. Yeah. That's the job of being mayor. Wow, that's not fun at all. That's great. That's great. That's great. (laughs) That's great. So let's get back to... Four more years. Yeah. Yeah. So so applying creativity to that. So again, I think you have a... I mean, I don't know if you ever thought of it that way, but it certainly looks like you do. And and, and applying creativity in that role. Maybe talk to us a little bit about that. The job of mayor? Well, no, the notion of... I I think that the sense that I get is your approach to your role... It's not typical, at least not from my perspective. You seem like a more creative guy. I mean, I'll bring up the stand-up that I saw recently in a little bit, but you must you must appreciate that. And what role does creativity play in, in your in your business life? Well, I, I can tell you that uh, having been in um, politics before as a member of parliament in an organized 
political structure, or at least within the Liberal Party, if not an organized political structure, you always feel very encumbered by what you can say and do because you have colleagues that are affected by that. As mayor, it's much more liberating. So, you know, the first year I was mayor, I was making uh, videos uh, uh, espousing how much I look like Brad Pitt. I was wearing a (laughs) red dress to the Dykes and Divas softball game, and you learn from that, right? So... For example, I learned that red is not a flattering color uh, on right. a big guy uh, <laughs> with a baseball glove. Yeah. So, I, But I do find that it's a little bit liberating, and you have the opportunity to put more of your personality into the job than some yeah. of the political positions. So we're in, uh, we're in the midst of an election campaign here in Nova Scotia, so for the, uh, the folks in the rest of Atlantic Canada, where the intersection of creativity and politics meet. We, we get some advertising, we get, we get campaign slogans. Can you talk to us about you know, maybe a slogan that... Uh, that you always remember, or maybe one that uh, you thought someone should use, but it wouldn't be politically advisable to do so? Yeah, I always thought that uh, I'd like to go with Mike Savage. Not as bad as you might think. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, keep the expectations low. <laughs> Manage expectations. Uh, yeah, address yeah. <laughs> some of that stuff. Uh, uh, In a red front. dress. Yeah. The, the, the whole pro- the, the, the premise of most of the problems you get into in politics come down to the very simple... Uh, fact that most politicians uh, overpromise and underdeliver, mm-hmm. and I always try to do it the other way around. T- to some extent, my yeah. staff will tell you that that that's my <laughs> mantra when we talk about stuff. Let's not venture oh, into a road that we can't uh, finish the journey on. Right? Yeah. But so yeah. many politicians, you see it now. Yeah, there's promises being made now that you know cannot be fulfilled in a four-year mandate of a government in Nova Scotia. Spending promises, negotiating promises, uh, a whole bunch of, you know, vision issues. So, you know, I think I I look at a lot of politics. I I, I have a great regard for politics, first of all. I come from a family where that believes that public service is a noble profession. Mm -hmm. Uh, But it has to be done by noble people. Right. And uh, so I, but I do think that uh, politics is a good cause, but the problem is the things you do to get elected make it impossible to govern once you're elected. Right. It's not so different. It's it's you look at a product or a, a, uh, trying to get some immediate results. So you you do things. You have a sale. You do some sort of urgent advertising. Right. But then you, you got to weigh those things against the impact on the brand over the long term and what yeah. people think about the brand. Yeah. And so I'm sure there's tough decisions you have to make all the time about mm-hmm. um, what what you're going to do for your brand and what you're going to do right now. Well, yeah, it's probably like the advertising business in a lot of ways. So what you say is right, is that how do you sell something without creating an expectation that will lead to, to disappointment? Right, right, yeah. You know, so you trade off an erection with the loss of hair or something like that. That's yeah. one thing. Um, but then the issue is how do you recover from that and keep the sustained business? The other thing between advertising and politics, I remember from my short days in the ad business, is you're always either out there hustling to get the business or hustling to deliver the business. And yeah. you want to find that sweet spot where you can actually get stuff done. No kidding. You want to come uh, work, work at the office for a bit maybe? How about? I'm more into arrivals <laughs> than I am departures. But, uh, uh, it must be interesting for you watching political campaigns. Like back to your question, Tyler, just about the slogans. And obviously, your insight into what that whole—I don't know what to call it—game uh, is like. How do you respond as a human being? You know, when all this, the lawn signs start going up. I, I think didn't you a while back? Didn't you? Wouldn't you the one that said, "I'm not doing lawn signs"? Right. It's so funny because I was driving into work this morning and I saw the line signs. I was at a stoplight and I just thought, that doesn't make me want to vote. Like, I, I don't know. So uh, you as a guy, the line signs come up. 
what do you think? What do you start thinking? Well, I'm of two minds because <laughs> if anybody listens to this, they'll say, that's Nobody's savage, that son of a bitch. <laughs> he knows everybody who ever had a lawn sign for him. He knows the address. He knows what part of the lawn it was on. Yeah. And that's all true. Most politicians are like that. But I've always felt that lawn signs are a great distraction to a campaign. Yeah. First of all, they cost money. Mm-hmm. Secondly, they take a lot of time. You got a lot of people out pounding in signs that could be doing something, you know, more constructive. And thirdly, I think they litter the landscape, both uh, physically and literally. I think yeah. they distract uh, the issue. Having said that, I was never in a position before where I could actually say we're not going to have lawn signs. Being in an elected party that sure. says you got to go out and win the lawn sign battle. But uh, so when I ran last year for mayor, that's one of the things I thought. Let's just say we're not going to put lawn signs up. I was running against a very environmentally conscious candidate who agreed to do the same thing very quickly. Yeah. And uh, so it, it uh, worked out. Um, I, I don't think you'll ever see Mike Savage on a lawn sign again. Yeah, I, th- I think that's great. Heard it here. Yeah, nice <laughs> you heard it here yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. Now, unless unless that changes, right? Unless, of course, it changes. Yeah, unless I have to do it. Events, do my it. dear yeah. man. Things change. <laughs> I brought up the. Um, I admittedly I didn't see the whole thing, but I did catch the last few minutes of stand up that you did. You weren't there, though, were you? I were. I was not there. Yeah. I saw. I, I saw it on TV. I guess it was, and I. I actually did a double take. I was like, "Is that? Yeah, that's really him. That's him." And it's pretty funny. So, how did that happen? Tell me about that. It's like one of the. It's. It's a lot of things happen in life. Um, a lot of things in life seem like a good idea six months from now. <laughs> that don't seem like a great idea six hours from now. Like this podcast. That was in this category. So I thought, you know, people said, well, you know, you're a pretty quick guy and you like to, you know, fool around a bit on that stuff. And I do think spontaneously I can be funny. Yeah. Um, Even probably borderline crude on occasion. (laughs) But it's different when they put the lights on you and tell you you got to be funny when you're expected to be funny. So I was, uh, I don't get nervous very often. I was nervous before that, uh, for days before. In fact, I... Got some of my staff together. I said, "Give me some material." And what they gave me was crap. <laughs> and so, you know, I, it, it just didn't make. So a lot of the some of the things I did, I came up with sort of the day off and just said, "Yeah, that's." And everything I did was based on my life. I may right. have stretched a point, but um, and it's funny when I get out on the stage. Mark Critch uh, introduced yeah. me, yeah. Uh, fellow comedian um, in the galaxy. No, when he introduced me, uh, I was very comfortable. As soon as I got out there, I thought, you know what, I got a handle on what I want to say. And I'll just play with it a little bit. And I added one or two things. It was fun. Yeah. yeah. And you did it. And how'd you feel afterwards? I thought, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> goodness that that's done. You, you know? won't do it again? I don't know. You know, it's funny. I, like, since that time, I've been thinking, geez, I should have said this. Oh, I got I should have said You have this, more material. Right? God, I, <laughs> you must have done campaigns Sorry, where yeah. after you've seen them, you think, yeah. why didn't I do this? Or why didn't we think yeah, of that? Yeah, that would yeah. be so much better, right? Left that on the table. So, yeah. yeah. You so, do it you. When you're thinking about whether you're going to do stand-up, whether you think in these terms or not, but you got to think about whether it's good for the Mike Savage brand. Exactly, yeah. Where... Um, where where wouldn't you go? Stand up comedy, that's a bit of a risk, but where's where's uh where do you draw the line? What's something you're not gonna do? It's a good question. I mean red dresses, that's pretty bold. Yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna I don't um, see the line so far. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna do synchronized swimming. No. Probably not gonna do gymnastics. <laughs> um you know what? I I think all the time that I'd like to do the amazing race, but somebody told me how hard that was. And uh, <laughs> God, I just, you got to be absolutely loony to want to do something like that. That's nuts. <laughs> like, I think that's the lowest common denominator of, of thinking. 
would be to put yourself in that position. Oh, something race. like the Amazing Race. Well, all you got to do is get out early. <laughs> Just hurt yourself, and you're all, you're all good. I hear that. <laughs> yeah. So there's the challenge, folks. We need to get. Uh, I was synchronized swimming. <laughs> so I wouldn't do anything. I don't think I would be. But I, you know, I. Critch told me I was the first one to drop the f bomb in the whole festival, right? Is that right? And I wasn't intending to. It uh, came out. Uh, obviously, I'm not. I would never want to do something that hurts somebody. Yeah. Right. I don't want to hurt anybody's Hope feelings. Fun of people. Right. So. And I think what people like in a politician, and what they like generally, but especially in a politician, yeah. is somebody who can make fun of her or himself, but not others. Sure. And people find that not only uh, admirable in some way, but amusing. A human being, yeah. I think, right? Yeah. That's, I mean, that's my kind of takeaway. Yeah. Uh, did you write the material? I mean, oh, obviously yeah. your staff didn't. Like, you already cut that Yeah, I don't know. The staff <laughs> gave me crap, so I, uh, I thought about, so what did I talk? I talked about... A couple of experiences as mayor, going to get a coffee. I talked about uh, the first time that I met uh, Justin Trudeau, and yeah. uh, and I talked about some things that happened in council. And yeah. I, it's in, it's entirely conceivable that I may have embellished a little bit. Yeah, but not that much. Everybody has funny things happen to them, right? It's just maybe you don't think about them at the time. When you look back on them, you think, "Geez, that's crazy, man." Yeah, so, I I mean, you know, I'm not a stand-up by any means, but I I have heard that the best comedy is the stuff that's tr that's real right the yeah. truth is is often the funniest stuff i mean yeah we all have stories that's, that's pretty sure. good i i i was also envisioning how many times you must have practiced it because i tell you like i watched it and, it and you were like you looked like you were on it well, i didn't practice it at all because no. we didn't have we did a we met mark critch and the cbc folks at five o'clock that evening to do a run-through and that was when i first sort of got a sense of what it might uh, uh look like it's you know what's funny and this is absolutely true you probably know this. I've played it in my head more since I did it than yeah. before I did it. Oh, yeah, yeah, because yeah. I didn't know how it was going to go yeah. and whether I'd be ad-libbing. I mean, I literally said to, to the folks, I said, you know, if I start really crapping myself out there, come out and save me, man. Get you know, me, don't yeah. let me die, right? I'm just a humble Safety politician, net. right? Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I was, I'm driven in life, uh, and this is serious, more by fear of failure than yeah. enjoying success. Yeah, that's. Right? I, I think that's cool. I think... Um, I think a lot of us are, <laughs> you know? and maybe that's maybe that's good. But uh, we were talking yeah. with another guest about the idea of, um, you know, fail and know what it feels like to fail, but learn from that and use that as your motivation to sort of carry on. It's a plus, people will uh, forgive failure if it's done in good humor and with a good sense, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You see, politicians, the things they get in trouble for here in Nova Scotia, maybe in the Senate, maybe anywhere else. You know, it's 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 more the cover-up than it is the crime, always. It's, yep. If you can yep. actually come forward and say, I have a human failing, yep. and I was addicted to gambling, or I did this when I had an alcohol dependency, or I did... People will sort of say, I can get that. Sure. But if you start covering it up and pretend it never happened, then that's when you get in trouble. It's that's the hubris that gets you. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, the news came out recently uh, about... A new set of awards um, for the city in architecture. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about about those and where those come from and, and why those are important? Well, I think great architecture builds great cities. And I think we're at a point in Halifax where we're going to look back on this period of time and the things that are being built from all the stuff, the Convention Center, the Library, Maple, Queen's Mark, the Alexander, uh, the Vic, all kinds of interesting developments, King's Wharf. And so... You know, in 20 years, we're going to look back on stuff that hasn't yet been built and in some cases hasn't yet been designed. And I think I've had a good relationship with the architects, the association, Nova Scotia Architects Association. And we hosted a meeting last year in Halifax City Hall, their AGM. And it was in conversations after that 
that we decided to come up with the awards. So I had a call from Amy Pugsley Fraser at All Nova Scotia. She said, can I talk to you about the awards? And I thought, yeah, I better check and find out whose idea that was. I didn't know it was my <laughs> idea. Or their. So I couldn't get a hold of the folks, so I did the interview, and she said, oh, yeah, no, they told me it's your idea, 100% your idea. Yeah. I said, yeah, boy, aren't I good. <laughs> I not remember that, right? So, it started off as a comedy um, sketch, and now it's real. Exactly. That's how, <laughs> but we do have the mayor's, uh, we have the mayor's award for things like theater, the yeah. Merit Awards, which is a blast uh, oh, every great. year. The first time I said blowjob in public, the Merit Awards, we've got the uh, contemporary art. I just sort of went right over that. Yeah. Uh, uh, photography. So we have a number of things, which I'm proud to say, uh, things that really shape the city. And yeah. uh, it doesn't cost us a lot, to, some Nova Scotia crystal and a few bucks. And yeah. I think architecture is one of those things that uh, is very important right now. So the idea, I mean, you could have left it at that. You could have left it at architecture is very important and not decided to put on an award show for, right. for that industry. But you, you did. You think it's a good idea. You've got multiple shows. Maybe... Share a little bit about why you think award shows are important. I mean, we we're talking about awarding creativity in the advertising business. What's your take on that? Well, I think that they're, you know, I mean, I, I went to at least one ICE uh, uh, awards. Yeah. People need an opportunity to drink. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, well, that's why it. we started it. I mean, <laughs> I think. Uh, it's not money well that done. drives people. <laughs> it's not money. Yeah. You know, it's it's partly recognition. I think it's partly a pat in the back. I think folks, uh, it makes you up your game a little bit to think that this might get some uh, awards. Uh, I, I think recognition is important, right? So to tell people that that was uh, well done within the industry, I, you know, I don't, you know, I, I know it's an industry, your industry. You keep you keep score, right? I mean, yeah. everybody knows who's got what accounts. Yeah. Everybody knows who's doing tourism, who's got the cars, who's got the beer, who's got yeah, this, who's right. got that, right? And uh, But this is kind of a, a fun way of acknowledging, I think, uh, that there's some pretty good work. And you know what? We have really good work done here in Atlantic Canada. Um, yeah. You know, you don't have to go to Toronto to get great work done in this business. We get tons of Agreed. really qualified, professional people who come up with great stuff right here, and it's nice to recognize. Yeah, appreciate you saying that for sure. Are you uh, worried that... Uh are you worried that architects are going to start designing things to to win awards, but that are <laughs> in, incompatible with the city of there Halifax? You, you can't live in it, but I, the building is uh, great. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's any architects that are going to uh, go out of their way to uh, win a piece of Mayor's Crystal. I think uh, <laughs> the other thing about the Architects Award, honestly, guys, is that in the last few years, we've lost some really cool architects in this yeah. city. I can think of uh, people like Fowler, like, like Jeff Keddy, folks like that. And, uh, you know, I'd like, uh, I really would like to have a way to recognize the work that they've done to make this city uh, a cool place to be. And yeah. I think Halifax, I always tell people, I believe Halifax is in a new golden age. Yeah. And there's a lot of good yeah. stuff happening. There's building, there's creative stuff. We're keeping our young people, you know, you go to your guys' business and, you know, the, the people aren't my age. Yeah. These are young, professional, bright folks yeah. and we're keeping them and we're creating a city that I, I believe is world class and uh, anything we can do as a city to play a little role in that I think is, is good. That's awesome. I, you know, it's funny, all, all kinds of discussions about all the architecture and all the buildings going up and it's always the same thing in the circle of, that I'm hanging out with anyway. Where are they all coming from and all that kind of stuff but there's, I find there's two kinds of people that respond to, in particular the, the, the new trade, the World Trade Center what the hell are they doing? It's too big, it's too ugly. Or, no, it's awesome, I love it. Like, And I'm kind of in that camp. Like, I've, I've been here this 22nd, 23rd year here in this city. I've seen more 
progress in the last couple of years and I've seen in 20. So I'm excited as hell by it. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know where all the people are coming from either, but I just like to see it happen. I like to see progress happening and, and like you say, uh, people hanging around and trying to do cool things, you know? I think so. So here's what I would say. Everybody's point of view is important. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of the day, uh, I don't believe that you can remain a comfortably small city. Uh, cities are like companies. Uh, if you don't grow, if you don't evolve, uh, then eventually you die. Right. And Halifax has the opportunity to be a very modern city, but we stand on the shoulders of those who've been before, and yeah. we should never forget that. Awesome. So one one last question before we wrap up. Just uh, a, a day in the life. What is a day in the life of the mayor? I was going to try and say the long the, name, but the, I forget that. <laughs> the right honorable right Lord honorable. Mayor of Halifax. There, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. What's a day a day in the life of Mike Savage look like? Well, look, it's. Uh, I always tell people you don't have to be a good mayor to be a busy mayor. Uh, I bet you I get invited to 20 times more events as a mayor than I did as an MP. First of all, it's a bigger area. Yeah. And we have a challenge in that we are a big municipality, right? I mean, you can get in your car, you can drive east for two hours, and you're still within the Halifax Regional Municipality. Yeah, right. So it's a big uh, municipality, and it's a, uh, I would call it a demanding job. It might even be in that sweet spot between small cities, which aren't quite as demanding, and large cities where much more demanding, but people don't expect the mayor to be at everything. Right. So we're at that point where uh, I just can't get to all the things, but I, you try to balance it out. It's a busy day. Yeah. I've always been an early morning guy. Yeah. So from the day I started in the Irving Oil Company to when I was an MP, I was always in the office around 7 or shortly after 7. Yeah. I, that's my time. And then you just go. And the trick is, for me, I've always said, is you don't want to let um, those little things stop you from doing big things. Right. And in this job, you could go all day to openings, you know, to awards, ceremony, <laughs> to, podcasts, uh, you know, to, to <laughs> flag raisings, and those all serve a purpose. But yeah. to me, the job of the mayor is to, um, you know, shepherd and steward the great stuff that's happened in this city and turn it into something better. And you have to be more strategic uh, to do that. And so... As Frank McKenna used to say, when you're hunting big game, don't get distracted by rabbit tracks. And in this job, you try to do big stuff because you could be busy all day doing stuff that seems important but may not be in the long run. Yeah. Words to live by right there. Yeah. Well, thanks a lot. We, uh, I guess we'll take that to mean that this is uh, maybe seen as one of those important things and helping to support <laughs> a creative industry uh, in in the Ice Awards. And uh, thanks for coming in. Yeah, I appreciate you coming by. Uh, listen, we got great people in the business, right? I mean, I was in it for a short while. I was, you know, the proliferation of talent that we have and the people that are doing stuff is uh, huge now. Yeah. It's a demanding business, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, in my view, uh, the, the actual companies that do the business are the experts, and I don't like to see uh, governments uh, become the largest ad agencies in the province. Yeah, I think right. the ad agencies <laughs> and the creative people are the folks who should be doing the work, and if you do that, you pay for what you get, you'll always get good value. Awesome. Nice parting words. Thanks again, yeah. Mike. Good Thanks to have so you, much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Uh, today's guest was the Right Honorable Lord Mayor of Halifax, Mr. Mike Savage. This is Icebreakers, a six-episode podcast series celebrating creativity in Atlantic Canada. Once again, I'm Sean King. And I'm Tyler McLeod, in partnership with the Village Soundcast Network. Please listen again in episode five, when we talk to social media guru, Dave Culligan. Dave Culligan.